You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul. Welcome to the show. Hello, my friends. Thank you for joining me here again for another episode of From Sobriety to Recovery. My name is Jesse Mogul, and I am in addiction recovery, as I have been for the last 30-odd months. I hope that your sobriety is kicking butt too, and that your recovery is well on its way to being as splendid and spectacular as ever. Today's episode, as always, is something I'm super excited about because I think about this stuff all the time. And we're moving from last week's where we discussed the four agreements, which are be impeccable with your words, don't take things personally, don't assume, and always do your best. Now, I'm not a huge fan of the negatives in the the second and the third with don't take things personally and don't assume because I'm a firm believer that the mind does not understand negatives. So if I say don't picture a pink elephant, what did you just picture? A pink elephant. So when you say don't take things personally, the brain only hears take things personally. So I've yet to figure out a way to word this better. I didn't even think about that till I got on the microphone. But to not take things personally, uh, another way to look at that would be, you know, be more grounded in yourself so that other people's words do not negatively impact you. Perhaps that's, again, just off the top of my head, really. Don't um, so be more grounded and centered in yourself so that other people's words don't throw you off kilter, perhaps. I don't even remember what I just said a minute ago. That's how awesome this brain is. It just thinks of things, says them, and then decides to forget them. I need to take notes from myself. Um, so let's d- dive into this because if you listened to two weeks ago, I went over the entire idea of Don Miguel Ruiz's the um, don't you know the four agreements that I first was introduced to through my Optimize Plus One, and since then I've done tons of research. And you know you can literally Google the four agreements, and there's just you know tons of web pages up about this stuff. So you're going to more than likely hear some thoughts on this that you may have seen somewhere else because it seems that people who discuss this are all using the same terminology. Now, is it because we've all read the same blog posts? Is it because we all read Miguel Ruiz's work and we're all just regurgitating what he said? I don't know. But I definitely feel like the brain's starting to work uh, more like as a group unit, group think here, where when we all read this, we're into this personal growth and transformation work. And so we're starting to use the same kind of verbiage which is natural. And if you find yourself starting to talk like those people that you see in the meetings, it's because when you see it working for other people, you instinctively start to take on uh, some of their mannerisms, some of their, some of their words, some of their actions. It's, it works this way, right? This is why the book that talks about you are the five people closest to you um, maybe it's a book, maybe it's a quote, I don't know. I just know I've heard it enough times to believe that if you surround, if the people closest to you, those five people in your inner circle, are all hardworking, on time, 
doing a great job, minding their money, watching their credit report, being polite to people, you're going to start doing that. If the five people in your inner circle are binge drinking and snorting a ton of blow and showing up to work late, blowing through all their money and basically just acting like jackasses, then you're going to start acting like a jackass. It's just the way the mind works. It, it begins to uh, assimilate into the environment it's in in order to not be thrown out of the tribe. Right. This is one of the reasons why now that you're sober and in recovery, if you've noticed that your old drinking buddies don't necessarily want you around or whenever you do come around, perhaps the words they use towards you aren't awesome. Uh, it's because they see something in you that they want to also become. You're acting differently than you used to. You're no longer the old person that was they loved being around. A lot of things change and all of a sudden you don't fit the, the tribes, perhaps even unspoken qualifiers to be in it. Whereas uh, you start to go around people who are sober in recovery or just sober because they don't have to deal with the addiction to alcohol and drugs. Uh, trust me, they're addicted to something else, but not alcohol and drugs. Um, all of a sudden you find that they don't necessarily spend every single second talking about sobriety. They don't, they don't worry about how much you're drinking. They don't, they don't look in your cup and say, where's the booze, right? These people operate in a different field. So it's all about tribe. Um, and that's why the five people closest to you are so important. So let's move through the four agreements. We discussed last week not um, – sorry, I almost went to, over today's topic. Um, we discussed last week how to be impeccable with your words. If you didn't check that one out, go back. It's episode 25, and it will definitely give you a good base. If you want to get an overall idea of this stuff, episode 24 will get you there. Episode 26 – don't take things personally. Now, why is not taking things personally so important? You keep in mind that you are in control of your world, nobody else's. So you have no idea why anyone behaves, talks, acts the way they do. None. I see this really prominent in politics whenever the flyover states and the coastal states, uh, which you don't. Know, they get into their little thing. Uh, I think even the people in the middle of America don't even like it being called flyover states, and I'm from those states. Uh, when people start to take things personally, they don't necessarily even want to begin to hear what somebody else has to say because by going against what they're saying about whatever particular topics being discussed, a particular person, they have grounded themselves in their belief system so much about that particular subject that if you try to come in with a different opinion, belief, value about it, you are going completely against what they hold dear. Now, should they be holding certain things dear? No, no. There's, there are certainly plenty of topics that I feel passionately about, but I don't necessarily take personally when somebody believes differently because I have no idea what happened in their life that got them to the point of thinking the way that they do, right? In, here in Los Angeles, uh, a lot of people are very much into this, you know, the green movement, they're vegan, it's recycle this, it's save the water that, save the whales, save everything, right? I love bees, I'm all about saving the bees. If somebody else comes up and says, you know, uh, I think Monsanto's pesticides are great, I don't care about the bees, I could take that personally. I could take that as a front to my belief system because I know bees are the most important insect on the planet and our poison's killing them. At the same time, I don't know if perhaps they grew up on a farm and drought and pests 
destroyed crop after crop, and it wasn't until they finally started spraying pesticides that they were able to get a yield and take it to market and get some money, which helped save their farm. Like, I don't know. And it, does it still mean that they should that they should want to use poison and and instead of saving bees? Again, my opinion says no. There says, look, without the poison, we didn't get a yield that year, and we didn't get to save the farm. If taking things personally based on what somebody else believes, whether it be uh, whether it be abortion, whether it be uh, the environment, whether it be uh, clean energy versus dirty energy, whether it be Democrat Republican, and then let's just go back to to why we're all here at this show, whether it be the use of alcohol and drugs or not, this is your journey. You don't want to worry about somebody else's journey. You are in control of your world and only your world. So whatever you want to believe about a subject is great. You believe that. Let somebody else believe what they do. And they don't, if you start taking things personally and they bring that to you and you take that on, if they say that you're fat and ugly and you believe that, you've just taken their poison. Reacting emotionally is your old way of thinking. This new, better version of you is more grounded and centered in your life and your sobriety journey. If you start taking on other people's opinions about you, things of that nature, you're going to run yourself ragged, and it's not going to help you at all. And you'll know when this is happening because you're going to start feeling exhausted being around certain people. So real, realize that why taking why, why not taking things personally is important is because you begin to react emotionally. Responding is using your brain and thinking and reacting is with emotion. We don't want to be reacting because emotional reactions tend to lead to negative consequences because that's when the front of your brain is in a fight or flight mode. So it's going to react whatever it can do to save itself. Right, which is going to cause you to act out in a way that you're not going to be happy with when you come down off of that emotional adrenaline high, and now you've got to stand in front of the repercussions of your actions. So what is not taking things personally going to look like to you? Right, My show notes have me saying things like, shrug off insults, understand that people can still choose to believe in the old you, to see the old you, to think that nobody ever changes and you will always be who you were. Now, I really put this in there because what I've noticed in my meetings, what I've noticed with my interactions with other people in our community is that there's going to be people in your life who don't believe that you're in sobriety and recovery, that you're not being sober, or even if you are, it's only a matter of time before you slip and relapse and go back to being the old version of you. If you take that poison on, y'all, if you take that poison on, you are already putting that seed of doubt about your sobriety and recovery into your head based on somebody else's opinion of who you used to be. Even if what you did was five minutes ago, that's who you used to be. I have said things in my recovery journey and then 10 minutes later been like, wow, that was me being an ass. I'm sorry I was an ass. I take that back. I won't do it again. At the very best, I will monitor those actions moving forward. I have reacted emotionally. I have said some things to coworkers and friends and loved ones that I am not proud of. It's not like it was back when I was using where I'd just say some vicious stuff just to get a response because, heaven forbid, people weren't paying attention to me. Or 
maybe they maybe I didn't want them to pay attention to me. They didn't pay attention to me, and then I got mad because I went off on a seven day bender and no one checked in on me. Right? Like they couldn't win. They could never win. I was always going to butt heads with them. So understand that people can choose to believe in the old you, see the old you, think that you are still the old you, and that's their limiting mindset about themselves and not for you to take on as fact. Their poison is for them to take alone. People who think others never change are the people themselves who don't believe that they've changed or that they can't change. People always change. Inevitably, everything changes. It's do you see that change in yourself? For a lot of people, you they probably don't think they do change. You might live with a family member for 30, 40, 50 years in the same small town, and their actions just keep repeating itself because they're not being introspective. They're not actually trying to evolve and to learn. So they stay in their, their same old ways, doing their same old thing. Their body's going to change. I can guarantee you their opinion about loud music and crowds is going to change from 20 to 40 to 60. Now, if there are little things about themselves, they're always showing up late, they borrow money and never pay it back, they come over and eat all your food and don't thank you. These are, these are important things for you to you know, care about as far as should you invite this person into your life anymore. But don't take it personally when they do these things as an affront to your character or who you are. Oh, they don't, they're disrespecting me. Wow, they got to disrespect me out. Fight, fight, fight. They will do whatever they do. Realize there's a pain inside of them that they have yet to even begun to look into. You worry about your pain. You're going to be able to come up with a thousand different ways to throw this back at me and say, Jesse, you know, I... This person did this, and that was an insult, and that was disrespectful, and I'm going to take it personally. Then that's, that's your choice to take things personally. But if you just step out from yourself and just become that fly on the wall and watch those actions, I can assure you, you're going to see that that person's in pain. You cannot help them with their pain. You can sit down with them and have a conversation here or there. But like my old personal trainer used to say to me, Jesse, I only get you three hours a week. The other 165, I can only hope that you're doing the things I've recommended. No matter how much you talk to someone about their pain, they have to walk away from you. They have to go into their room. They have to look at themselves in the mirror, and they have to decide to want to change. So how do you not take things personally? Remember, what someone says to you, about you, around you, that's their opinion of the world as they see it. That's their opinion of their world, and you're a player in it. It is their projection of their belief system upon you and your world. But it is not yours to take on. You have your own opinions, beliefs, values about the world. Don't pay any mind to their viewpoint of the world. You are in control of yours. They're in control of theirs. I see this a lot whenever people get into arguments about the environment. I am a part of Al Gore's Environmental Leadership Project. Um, I'm not sure that's the technical name for it. It's been a few months since I've done anything with it. Um, But one of the things that they teach us when we are going through the training is that, you know, to load up the slides full of stats and data so that if anybody disagrees with us, we've got data to prove it, right? If you're giving a speech in front of people about the environment and somebody wants to get up and talk about clean coal or whatever, there's data to prove that whatever they're saying to you is false. There is a ton of data on a ton of things, y'all. A ton of data on a ton of things. Yes, 
the way we treated the environment in the past is no longer serving us. We need to change it. But there was a point in time where we only had coal and gasoline and things of that nature, right? We're we're evolving as a society. So now when you get somebody who's still stuck in that old way of thinking, the way that we're trained in this reality project, this, this, this climate leaders project, is to throw more data at them. I dis- d- disagree. I actually am no longer being invited to the trainings that we do for the newcomers because the woman heard me say what I'm getting ready to say to you and did not agree with me. She also just sent me a really blase email saying that we no longer need you right now. We'll contact you later rather than being truthful and upfront with why I was no longer getting invited. But I told all of the new trainees that in order to get the person to even begin to change their mind about why the environment's important and we need to change the way we do things now as compared to then, you have to understand why are they being emotionally triggered by your slideshow. Why have these slides with these facts caused them to get so emotionally triggered that they stand up and want to argue with you in a room full of people? Understanding why they were emotionally triggered will give you the exact way to have a rational conversation with them about why it would be in their best interest to start seeing it from a different perspective. They didn't like that response at the training. I don't train there anymore. But I say I, I tell that whole story because I want you to think of that. Remember when someone says something to you about you, around you, and that's about your actions, whatever it might be, ask yourself what was it that emotionally triggered them to respond that way? And then get to the heart of that emotional trigger on their end. If you care to dive into this, if it's someone that matters, if somebody just flips you off as you're driving down the street, if somebody, you know, one time I'm in a Big Bear and me and a friend um, turn left and then start driving really slowly because we're going around this beautiful lake and uh, I don't expect to turn off the road so we can take a picture, but I'm going really slow and then I just decide that I'm going to do it. So it wasn't a thought. It was just literally I turned left. I went really slow and then there was a turn off and I was like, oh, okay, cool. I didn't even notice the person behind me. Well, they certainly noticed me in front of them and they pulled up beside me, gave me the rolling down window motion. I thought they were going to say something cool like, hey, there's a better picture opportunity if you drive over there. No. They, they, what they said to me was, next time use your blinker, mother effer. And that's crazy to me. And I remember the person I was with, her and I got very angry at this person. And my old Jesse would have wanted to speed up behind them, um, do something violent, pull up next to them, get them to pull over. Who knows? Who knows what I, I mean? The, the thoughts that ran through my head involved going up and slamming into their bumper and causing their car to barrel roll down a cliff and into the lake where they got trapped. <laughs> I mean, my brain went nuts, guys, nuts. Right, but instead, breathe, ground. You know, it took us a few minutes of sitting there to calm down the initial adrenaline of anger, and then it took us about an hour to really just let it slide off. I'm not even sure it was a mother effort, but I know F came out. Like the way I remember it now, it may not even be the way it actually happened. I know a profanity word was said my way, and I know they were not happy that I didn't use my blinker. That's the way I. That that's the vaguity of how I remember it. How I'm telling it to you now is how I've told it to five or ten other people. But again, <clears throat> how the brain remembers it from that exact moment and then how it starts to bend it. Because that's the way that the brain works. It starts to delete, distort, and generalize certain parts of a story. Think about that. If ten people see a car accident, why do ten different people have ten different ways of explaining it to the cop? 
because everyone has their own perspective of their world around them. And everyone's brain either deletes, distorts, or generalizes. Because when you're taking in 2.1 billion bits of data every second, uh, and the conscious mind can only record 128 bits of it, that's a lot of data going into the unconscious mind. It has to figure out a way to organize. So you're going to delete it, you're going to distort it, or you're going to generalize it. So when someone projects their limiting belief system upon you, just remember they've taken in all the data in the world and now they're deleting, distorting, and generalizing it in their brain and then spitting it back out at you. So step one is remember that whatever someone else says is their projection of their belief system upon you and it's not yours. Step two and how to not take things personally. Breathe deep and think about what it would do to you to take on their insult as fact and why you know that that is not helpful to your sobriety. Whatever they have said is their perspective of whatever is going on in their lives upon you. Now, if this is someone who's known you for a long time, so they remember the old you, then you have to understand that they're still working their way through this new you, and they're still figuring out a way to filter who you were versus who you are now. You can have a conversation with them, and, and get at what's emotionally triggering them. Like I said earlier about the environmental people standing up and arguing with me about clean coal is, doesn't exist, <laughs> right? What, it, what it's emotionally triggering them. In this one particular case where this person did that, they came from West Virginia, and coal was what kept their, their, their city thriving. And as soon as coal started to leave, all of a sudden the jobs left. Well, the coal left because they ran out of coal in their city. The jobs left because the coal moved was found somewhere else, and then robotics took it over. So th- they think anything that is an attack on coal is an attack on who they were, their city. They're taking coal as a personal. They're they're taking coal on personally as something like that is like a member of their family. So when you insult coal, you insult their family, which means you insult them and their entire way of life and all of their people, which is not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get people to understand that using a different form of energy will keep all the ice sheets from sliding into the ocean and Miami's underwater, New York's underwater in 50 years. Figure out what's emotionally triggering this person and then get to the bottom of that with them. If somebody's just driving by you and flips you off and then cuts you off, then you know what? Just laugh it off and be like, man, whatever's going on with their day, I hope it gets better. Or sometimes I'm angry and I might say something like, you know, may your, I've actually said this guys, may your day be filled, may your day be filled with minor inconveniences. (laughs) I don't know if that sounds as harsh as it sounds to me when I say it, but if that person got stuck at every single red light, if the person at the cash register at the grocery store in front of them can't find their credit card and is digging around in their purse looking for it, if, you know, the dog, you know, runs out the door and now they have to chase him down the street, like minor inconveniences, they're, to me, more annoying than big ones. Because at least big ones, I, they're big. The brain immediately goes into problem-solving mode. Minor inconveniences, they're annoying because you can't really do much about them. <laughs> You're stuck at the red light. You can't just floor it and, may try and pray you make it through. So I'm just saying, if you have to say something mean, perhaps just you know, in your in your car with your windows up, not necessarily pointing at them with your middle finger, just be like, "Bless you, whatever's going on in your day. I hope it gets better." Or, may your day be filled with minor inconveniences. <laughs> Either way, you're breathing deep and you're not taking what just happened to you from them as an insult. 
So step three, laugh it off. Walk away or just continue doing whatever it is you were doing to begin with. Just, these are acceptable responses to their indignity towards you. They are. Freaking out and yelling at them and, and going ballistic on them is not an acceptable response. Remember, reacting with emotion is, okay, I, I, I read this wrong. Reacting is with emotion. Responding is with thought. So when you react with emotion, that is your fight or flight. That is, that is the reptilian part of your brain. That is the, that is the like, level one part of your brain. That's who you were as an addict. That's who you were as someone who isn't in personal transformation and self-growth. That's who you were without recovery. Right? Even if you are just listening to this because you have a loved one in, in recovery or someone who's an addict, you can see all, all of the stuff I talk about. You know, Take out the sobriety and recovery speech and, and, and the words I'm using in this podcast. And this stuff works for everybody's normal day-to-day life. If you react with emotion, you are not thinking things through. You're just flipping out because somebody triggered you. Now you're pissed off. You think whatever they did was a personal affront to every single thing that's ever existed about you. And now you want to whip their ass. You want to smash their car. You want to flip them off. You want to yell at them. You want to go talk shit behind their back. You want to go gossiping and all this other nonsense. And that's not being impeccable with your words. All of the stuff that we've been talking about goes back to being impeccable with your words. That person says something to you that you want to take personally, you ch- then you choose. If you want to take it personally, then you choose to take it personally. And that's, not being, that them, that's them not being impeccable with their words, and that's you taking things personally. You have both just screwed the first two agreements of the four. It's, that's unacceptable. My, my therapist loves telling me, work harder, try harder. No, she didn't even say try. She says work harder. If I say something, she's like, nope, nope, that's the old you. Work harder. Figure it out. Work harder. I'm going to say it to you guys. Work harder. You cannot continue acting like the less evolved version of yourself. That's who you were. You're somebody new now. So what if you find yourself taking things personally? What if you want to be stepped into this new and evolved person, but you find yourself not? Some of my favorite ways, I breathe into the, into the moment, and I ask myself, is it really worth my energy to take their poison as my own? Whatever it is they just said, did, acted around me, is it, is it worth my energy to take their poison as my own? It's not, and it never will be. Look at their actions as their own pain and suffering that they have to look forward to evolving through. And then see if you can be of service to them. If it's a loved one, then you will definitely have the opportunity to discuss this with them. Somebody randomly calls you fat, ugly, stupid, yells at you from their car window and drives off. You know what? Just laugh it off. Just laugh off the insult because whatever's going on in their life, you, you have no control over. And if you've got 10 extra pounds or 100 extra pounds on you and that somebody drives by and calls you fat ass, whatever's going on in their life that they think that that is the way you act towards another human being, then that's on them. Even if you do think that you're overweight and you really wish you could get rid of it, that is not the moment to start questioning who you are as a person because some J-hole drives down the street and yells at you. Even if it's a loved one who says something insulting about your weight or your clothes or your looks, right? That's, that's on them. I have seen plenty of people 
in, in Los Angeles, strutting around like they owned the place, who I could look at them and be like, yeah, you, you probably should not be wearing the clothes as tight as you are, or you probably shouldn't be wearing that hat, or those colors together, <laughs> right? But if that's what makes them feel good, let it make them feel good. I, I'm spending a little bit more time on this because I can see where people would have a problem. If they know they're 100 pounds overweight and someone calls them a fat ass, how do you not take that personally? Well, you just don't. You can say, yeah, to yourself, you can say, yeah, I would prefer not to have so much extra weight on me. But I'm doing this, that, or the other, and I'm taking care of it on my own. Or you know what? I'm perfectly okay with this. There's a whole other podcast to be talked about if somebody says something that you do take on personally because you think that you're overweight, and now how do you deal with that? Well, you know, then you then that's where you start to ask yourself, are you saying some really mean things to yourself like perhaps that person did? Right? Other people, I can't believe I'm just now saying this at the end of the podcast, but other people saying mean things to you and you taking that personally, that happens frequently. You saying mean things to yourself and then you taking that personally and you taking that stuff as truth. That happens more often than we would like to admit. And that's the person you should tell to shut the hell up is yourself. Either do something about your weight or your drinking or your drug use or whatever it is that you're being mean to yourself about or somebody else is being mean to you about or just say whatever I'm happy with myself and I'm good to go don't you worry about what I'm doing over here I'm good to go it's all about your mindset so you look at other people's actions as their own pain and suffering and realize they have to work through that so when so if you're being impeccable with your words then you're not saying mean things back to anybody else be introspective of your actions and see where you can be a better role model for how others can act in stressful situations, how others can act in social situations, how others can just act, period. That's huge. Be the role model. Be the role model. I'm actually adding that to my notes right now because I loved the way that rolled off. Be the role model for how to act in stressful situations or social situations or just in life in general. I added that to the end of the show notes. You guys will be able to check those out over at Podbean. Remember, taking things personally is a choice you're making. Don't listen to every single thought that, that you throw at yourself and definitely don't take what others say about you, towards you, to you, behind your back personally. That's their own. That is their own thing to wor- work through. You are working on yourself. And by God, you're doing a great damn job. If nothing else, you're listening to me. And I really thank you for doing that. Please go on Instagram, follow me over out from Sobriety to Recovery on whatever app you're listening to me on. Subscribe if you can, rate if you can, review if you can. Almost all of them will allow you to subscribe. Not all of them will allow you to leave a review. Many of them allow you to rate. Throw me some stars. Let me know what's going on. Drop me some comments. Hit me up at DM style over at, over on IG. Whatever you want to do, I'd love for you to be a part of the conversation. As always, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Much love, everyone. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.